Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast with Devin Turak, Patrick Gleason, and Paul Sanders. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always Devin Turak, and I'm, today I'm joined by Patrick Gleason. And uh, normally, yeah, hello. Hi. Normally we do this um, in person at Pat's Place, but uh, unfortunately today we had some issues. Paul is not feeling very well. And Dwayne couldn't join us, and so we've decided to have a Skype conversation. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since we've done this sort of long distance, sort of well, not long distance, but not in person connection. Yeah, and, and it's been about probably a month since we last got together and, and had a conversation about any of this stuff. So well, we, no, thought... we did have a conversation last week. It just we didn't have the, the technology failed us, sort yes. of. <laughs> yes, I I failed us, but not through any actual incompetence, but basically through. Um, through the fact not that bringing I bringing a laptop. Yeah, I didn't. Well, incompetence, though. Just, just saying. Not, you know. No, it's not incompetence because it's not that I forgot to bring a laptop. It's that even if I had wanted to bring a laptop, it still wouldn't have worked because I have no idea where my power cord is. Um, my laptop is currently useless to me. Uh, I'm in the middle of renovating my house and getting ready for someone to move in, and uh, so nothing is where I left it. Basically, <laughs> it's sort of one of those ones like. I remember seeing one somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so we did have a conversation last week, and unfortunately, we didn't get the tech to. We tried a whole bunch of different things. My my tablet, my Mac, and nothing was working. So unfortunately, all that good convo. We did have some good convos. We're gonna have to try and remember for today. <laughs> or we'll just do it from scratch. Oh, we're just doing it from scratch, you know. And, <laughs> All right. and, and, and so, sorry, Paul, if you listen to this one, yes, we're going to do some more ad-lib stuff because, hell, that's what we are all about. <laughs> right, so let's start with our standard first segment, our week's weeks now in the hobby. Pat, so, what have well, you done? Well, I haven't done very much gaming for a while. Uh, Patrick Ramsahoy's D&D one was taking hiatus because everyone's there's people on vacation and, and that sort of stuff, so we took a hiatus from that. Uh, I am working on... Uh, the uh, Dark Heresy Warhammer one, which you're going to be involved with, hopefully there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we're. I was supposed to uh, be there today for a Warhammer 40k thing, which would have been great, but I just uh, moved yesterday and threw my back and knee out. But uh, you'll talk about that later because that's something we want to get going more on on the podcast, uh, a regular sort of 40k event. For movies, though, I have seen a fair amount. Um, I finally watched Jurassic World. Wow, I could have been cut in half. It, 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 fuck, it, like, the, the story with the kids of running me of Kramer versus Kramer. I don't want to see that. I want to see Dinosaur Story. I want to see <laughs> that thing, not bringing, oh, I'm going through a divorce and my parents aren't going to like me. What the fuck is it going to do with dinosaurs? Just just move. Go. Go on. Um, <laughs> Pat, before you go into in-depth into the different movies that you've seen, how about we make segment to us talking about the cool um, comic book movies that we've seen. So things okay. like Suicide Squad, um, Batman versus well, Superman, whatever. Right. Well, okay. Suicide Squad's the only movie, uh, comic book movie I saw. I did see Fury on Netflix. I really liked it. Brad Pitt uh, did a really good job, and even Shia LaBeouf. I know he's had some issues, but he did a good job in that one there. Uh, as well as John Berthold, the the one who's playing Punisher in the upcoming series, which should drop very soon. Uh, what else did I see? Star Trek Beyond. Uh, right. I don't know if well, you want to more in depth in a bit. But let's let's like talk it. about all of these movies. All Okay, so the, the sci-fi and the uh, the comic book ones. Let's talk all about in segment two. Okay, so for gaming-wise and, and that new stuff, I haven't done very much besides getting ready for the uh, Warhammer 
40k campaign. Okay. That's it. I've, I've watched a bunch of movies. Like, well, I uh, started watching Stranger Things on Netflix. Really liked it, but I'll cover more in depth in you know segment two again. Okay. You gotta, you gotta control me there, man. Put me back to the leash, or you don't quit talking and just go and focus. Uh, okay, so for myself, um, I, there's not really a lot that I've done. Like I said, I'm kind of in the middle of this big renovation slash move. Yeah. Um, I did manage to watch a bunch of TV shows, though, because I can do that kind of in my off time. Uh, Stranger Things was one of them. Um, I finally managed to sit down and watch... Uh, oh, crap, now what are they called? Uh, I finally saw The Expanse, the first season. Oh, and how's that, yeah? Really good. And in fact, so good that I um, I got onto Audible and downloaded all of the the books in the series. And I've started listening to book one, Expanse, as I was driving uh, a long distance yesterday. So Expanse was the first one. Um, I saw another Canadian TV show, which, again, deals with futuristic spaceships and, uh, and Downing Hunters especially, called Killjoys. Okay. Killjoys is an amazing uh, TV show. I really like that one. Uh, what else did I see? Oh, um, I finally saw the first season of Lucifer, which, again, super awesome. Okay. Um, and then th- that got me onto a kick where I remembered that we were talking about another show that dealt with a guy coming up from hell because he was a cop who killed his rapist. Brimstone? Yeah, Brimstone. So I've, I've watched the first episode of Brimstone yesterday. And what do you think? Um, it's an older one? It's, it's definitely a dated show. I mean, it's yes. probably filmed in the, in the 90s, like late 90s maybe. Um, yes. So the, the quality of the, the audio or visual isn't great, but it looks like a very, very cool show. I'm, uh, I'm, um, is uh, John Glover is in that as, as Satan. Yeah, correct. He's the devil. He does a really good job. Yeah, I, I found John Glover is really good in all the roles that he does, as long as he's yeah, playing true. a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so what else? Have, are you anything planning coming up for gaming? I know for your Star Wars one, um, you have the the Force is always is not always with you, but we're also going to start hopefully uh, one with bounty hunters. Yeah. So um, I think we may have talked about it in the last episode. I honestly oh. I don't remember. Um, there's a Star Wars using the Fantasy Flight Games rules game that I had started maybe two months ago now. Uh, we, we got halfway through one um, adventure. And then just, right, and just as we were about to start uh, this, the, the continuation of that episode, we got together for our second game session. Um, somebody, I think it was Paul, brought up, <coughs> excuse me, brought up uh, that the Bounty Hunter uh, campaign in uh, Knights of the Old Republic, sorry, in Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, yes. there has one of the companions is this really cool Jawa called Blizz. Yes. And we started doing a lot of Blizz lines back and forth to each other because he and I have both played that game a lot, and Bounty Hunter is probably our favorite character class in that game. It has one of the most, the, one of the better storylines, too. Anyway, um, we liked Blizz so much, and that got everyone talking about, why don't we do a bounty hunter-only campaign where everyone yes. plays Jawas? Exactly, and, and letting people know that we're planning to actually, uh, like Devrum's The Force is Not Always With You, start recording that to podcast that as well. We're, we might actually start doing that on YouTube, so keep an eye on that, hopefully in the next little while. Yeah, I've actually got a potential title for it. 
Oh, yes. I think we should call it notice integrations. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that works. That works. And no, we all had fun making cranes. And instead of just bounty hunters, we, we went with the small little creatures. You mean bounty hunters. instead of Jawas? Well, no, but not just like instead of people like Bubba Fett or IG-88, we're all small little creatures. Mm-hmm. So here's, uh, the, I don't know if we want to actually go into details about this cool new podcast that we might be coming up with, but um, the, the makeup of the characters are, there's a pair of Jawa, one who's a bounty hunter, and one who's actually a force user, but who's pretending to be a bounty hunter. Yes, and um, it's sort of wavering between the dark side a little bit. I, I, I don't think there's any wavering. I think okay. as, as soon as he gets the chance, he's going to fall. Yeah. Uh, and, and, then, uh, and then there's a, an Ewok um, who escaped from Tatooine probably just at the time that the Empire had found it and yes. started looking at this, this forest moon of Endor. Sorry, I said Tatooine, but I meant Endor. Endor, yes. The, the forest moon of Endor. Um, and, uh, and, and, my... and hold on. Um, so this is a violent cannibal... Um, uh, well, I don't, we never determined if she's cannibalistic. Oh, she I, likes eating humans and other meat. We never, because there's no other Ewoks around to know if she's a cannibal or not. Fair enough. I'm, I'm using cannibal in the eat sentient life forms. Okay, okay, that works. Not, yeah, not, she's not, definitely cannibalistic. Not, right, not specifically her own kind, but all sentient life forms. She is no problem eating. So you're always kind of worried if you're... If your mark is going to make it to the uh, the <laughs> with with all limbs attached, exactly, exactly, it might be missing a couple of toes or fingers. Yeah. Um, and then we also have, in addition to that, you're playing a squib, yes, who's also a bounty hunter but more mechanically inclined. So you've yeah. taken the gadgeteer, the the Ewok has taken the survivalist. And our Jawa has taken the assassination package. Or, uh, exactly. So the difference is your, the Force Daughter is with us is the, the original D6 one. Correct. Which we still love. And this new one is going to be with the new Fantasy Flights game, which we, it's, it's interesting because um, it, the, the old one gives you a little, I find, sometimes more flexibility for the gaming. Sure. Sort of idea. But the new one, I do like the uh, successes, threats, um, advantages, and I can't remember. It's threats, advantages, triumphs, and... Well, uh, hold on. There's, there's actually three different axes. So there's success and failure. Yeah. There's threat and advantage. And then there's triumph and... Oh, what's the critical fail one? Um, yeah, that's the one I was trying to remember as well. It's, it's the... Uh, despair. It, it, triumph and despair. Despair. That's right. Which is interesting, because even, even though you don't succeed, you could have a triumph, or you could succeed and still have uh, a, despair. a despair. Correct. So the, the, the despair it acts as a... It's a special role, basically. So when you get a triumph or despair, it still acts as if it were a success or fail result for that one die. But in addition to that, it also triggers a story arc or a story yes. effect. Yes. And I, I actually kind of relate those two to the wild die in the D6 yes. version. You were so, right. If you roll like the, the, the one or the six and the wild dice, a lot of times it's up to the GM to sort of make things up on a go for the story. Exactly. Uh, but it does add that whole other threat versus advantage um, uh, aspect as well. So it's, it's yeah. a very, very cool system. And uh, as we're starting to get a little more used to it, I think we're going to be able to use those 
better in the game. Yes. So the way the way it's really supposed to work is whenever you are rolling or I'm rolling and if you get an advantage on your rolls, it's really up to you to determine what to do with that advantage. So if you get two or three advantage on your on a roll that you're making, you can use it to do things like trigger critical effects for weapons. Oh, I see. We get to determine, well, well, not determine, but we can suggest that this is what happens on a, a no, multiple advantage exactly. Role. And then that will determine whether there is enough advantage to, to warrant that or not. And then okay. conversely, if you roll a uh, threat, then it's up to the GM to come up with what that threat results in. Sometimes it'll just be straight strain. So you're trying to do something and you stress yourself out. And so you take some strain damage. But other times it could trigger any sort of effect, depending on how bad the threat is. Right. So that's not too bad. Then, so you wouldn't mind if we sort of made up some of our, like, sometimes the threat come up with ourselves, like, oh, my, my gun jammed, my, my homemade gun that I made just crapped out, so I have to, I'm useless. I mean, yeah, you, you can, of course, suggest things for what that threat might be. But for the advantage, I really, I just want to completely leave it up to you to determine what to do with that, that advantage. That works, because that... that I think we have a good group for that, um, and like once people get used to that idea, mm-hmm. that starts getting ideas flowing because it's similar to um, oh, now I'm trying to remember Hong Kong Action Theater and other ones like that, where you're supposed to describe what you're trying to do right. to get in. Like you know, it's like okay, I'm my character's going to do this now, over the top, uh, you know, somersault down the stairs, shooting both guns, you know, just to try and get an advantage mm-hmm. over the one. So okay, that that I like. That's no problem. Then we can start doing that. And then it's kind of the same with the triumphs and the despairs. If you roll a triumph, I want you to determine what that triumph results in or, or what special effect you want that triumph to be. And then yeah. if you roll a um, uh, despair, then once again the DM goes, oh, well, now here's something cool. A door opens to your left and five additional stormtroopers come running yeah, out we, we, because you've triggered an alarm. In our test, little on our little one, and that. So, uh, what have you? I've seen. Uh, we did from talking like upcoming gaming stuff. So, if you don't mind, I talked. I saw the uh, the one for Vigil- Vill- Villains and Vigilantes number three, which is doing a Kickstarter. Right. Did you take part of that, the Kickstarter, or? Uh, no, I have not taken part in the Vi- Villains and Vigilante Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, what else is new for you there, Devra? Uh. Really, that's about it. I mean, I, I picked up a bunch of stuff for uh, Imperial Assault, and I finally received my uh, Star Trek Ascendancy box game that a friend picked up at Gen Con for me. Oh, nice. This is a, a board game put out by Gale Force 9, and it's, um, it's like one of those uh, video games you used to play where you play as, um, say, the humans or the Romulans or the Klingons, and you go out and discover worlds and try to take them over through diplomacy or through uh, attacking them, and then try to build up your empire, do some research. It's one of those kind of games. They call them explore, expand, the the 3X games. I think it's or, or 3E games. Explore, expand, uh, something else. And today you did uh, Warhammer 40K Battles. And, and today, yeah, we got together with myself and Jace, who's been on the podcast before, and a couple of our new friends, Gavin and Luke, and we did a couple of, um, uh, basically two, we, we, we each ran one pair of games. Yes. So I was playing against Gavin and his Tau with my Dark Eldar, and Jace was playing against Luke... Uh, who also had Tau with his uh, Tyranids. 
Tiernitz, yes. And in both cases, the Tau did win. Mine was a bit more of a crushing victory. <laughs> mine was more of a crushing loss versus versus Jace, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, both games were quite fun. And it looked like everyone was having a good time. I was rolling mittfuls of dice. Like, I'm talking 30, 40 dice at a time I'd be throwing out. And unfortunately, only doing like three or four moons because that's just how my dice roll. Yeah, uh- but no, that's, I'm glad, like I said, for the Warhammer 40K, we're getting a few other uh, people uh, back into it uh, to try out. And I know we, uh, we today it was smaller numbers, like the point-wise, as opposed to some of the bigger battles we've done. Yeah, correct. We were only playing 600 points. So with that 600 points, I put together a what looked like a huge list for me. So I had two units of um, Cabalite warriors, each with 20 men. Um, two of them had upgraded to splinter cannons, so putting out, uh, like, the splinter cannons put out six shots each, so that's 12 off those guys, and then the other 18 do single or double shots if they're within range. So again, I was rolling a ton of dice all at once. Um, if and then you could have hit better, you would have uh, shredded the uh, Tau. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately I, I had, he had two units of uh, fire warriors, and both those units of fire warriors were down to like one or two men left and if I had just rolled like one better or two better rolls or or he had missed two more uh, saving throws then they would have been perfect they would have been wiped off the table and less less stuff for me to worry about I also said our friends Kessel Run again yes so we are big fans of the Kessel Run Um, we don't get to play there often enough but uh, we're going to see if maybe we can start recording our a video version of that uh, Notice Integrations game there, yes. there and then post it up on YouTube. Yeah, as well as to start doing more uh, pictures and stuff like that for the Warhammer 40k one, There Is Only War. Right. So, uh, so, all right, so you wanna, do you want to move on to segment two now then, Dev? Or? Um, well, I, I think or, tra- traditionally segment two has been news and rumors. Do you have any news yes. and rumors you want to talk about? Uh, well, the, obviously, Luke Cage dropping soon uh, Punisher dropping soon mm-hmm. um, uh, I still haven't picked up the uh, it's not news rumors but the Batman versus Superman extended version right I've heard actually a lot of the deleted scenes help the storyline in that so I might have to, I'll have to pick that up to just to see and compare what's the difference right. I did hear they, they do a lot more uh, there's there's a few ones like for uh, you know the comic books and stuff like that where Captain America, you know, it's all part of the Cosmic Cube thing, so he's not really an agent of Hydra, even though he believes it. So uh, I give up on comics after all. <laughs> Sometimes he's like, uh, wait, what? You're doing. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it gets a little silly sometimes. It, it does. And it just uh, next year, though, um, I don't know if people are aware. There is a lot of big blockbusters dropping next year, not just Marvel, DC, but other big ones as well. And I think they're saying there's like 18 or so big blockbusters dropping next year, which is going to be very hard for the public to watch because there's I think one or it was like one week is from one uh, studio. And then the week after is another big one from the same studio. From the same studio? I can't remember. I think Paramount or whatever has one, like, two big ones back-to-back. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's like, um, guys, you know, the studio audiences don't watch too many movies that much anymore, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, 
And yeah, so now there's the what is it? The, the there is a Black Panther uh, movie in the works. Yep, looking forward to that. And uh, so that's pretty much it for the news and rumors. I don't have too much because I was like. Yeah, I'm moving as well, so I've been stuck with that and everything, and and going back to work after two weeks off. So it was uh, not too much chance to catch up on news and rumors. I'm hoping to do that for the next podcast, though. Okay, well um, then let's get into segment three, and we'll talk about some of the really cool movies that we saw. Right. Well, I'm going to ask you to start off with Ghostbusters because I didn't get a chance to see it. Absolutely. I wanted to, I wanted to see the new one, so I'm going to let you start off with that. Then. Okay. So I did see Ghostbusters, and I thought it was fantastic. It had all of the fun and joy that was there in the original. Um, it paid a lot of homage, actually, to the character types. So there's the the they're they're all scientists, first of all, they're, and they're all women, which is was a big controversy when uh, when it was first announced. Yeah, the, I don't understand that. I don't understand the controversy either. That you know, people are saying, "Oh, you know, you shit on our uh, childhood." The original movies, as a standalone movie, are fantastic. Well, the, wait, wait. Well, I have to I have to stop you there. The first one is fantastic. Ghostbusters two wasn't quite as good. It's it, fine, it, it, it's, but it's it's still a really fun movie, and I enjoy watching it whenever I get a chance. Oh no, I'm not saying it's not it's not a decent one, but it's nowhere near the, the caliber uh, of the first one. Is what I mean. I don't know. I, there, there's there's a lot of the second movie that I really like, uh, from Vigo to just uh, there's so much of that movie that's that's good. The, uh, sure, it's it's a bit more campy maybe than the original was, but you're you're dealing with ghosts, so I mean. <laughs> Well, no, it's also like cause in the first one, the characters were more um, ab lib and, ha- and obviously like having a good time. Like, that's why it's connected. Like when you get three top comedians that just you, you give a little bit of free reign to, right? That's where you, like that's why it was hard to recreate Ghostbusters because it's like okay, you got guys who were on the top of their game at the time, right. who were a lot of ab libbing and just having fun, and it showed, right? It, it, it showed. Whereas the second one, it was more more scripted and not. As much, I mean, it's still a good movie, but it, it, it wasn't. They didn't seem to be having as much fun as they did in the first one, and it showed. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, so in in the new movie, though, um, there are like the female characters. They're each very like different, and they're well defined. And some of them, especially the girl who plays like the new version of Egon, she yes. is unbelievably funny and absolutely stole the show for me. She was my. I know, I know, like, it's, it's weird because there was. It got weird with Ghostbusters because some people didn't want to see it because they thought it wasn't a true. Uh, they, they didn't want to reboot. They wanted a continuation of, sure. of Ghostbusters, and then s- some people are trying to turn it into, oh, you're anti-feminine, you know, anti-feminist because you don't want to see the women, and they're like, no, we just wanted a a continuation, not a reboot. Uh, and this is where, like, well, you know, what, guys. Let them do a reboot if they want to. I, I know we talked last week that it would have been nicer to see them as a, a continuation, where it's the old cast is handing off the Ghostbusters franchise to these new people. You know what? I would have been totally fine with that, but I'm also okay with the fact they're doing a reboot. In fact, I think this is a prime example of one of those uh, old versus new that, that we'll, we can do as part of our podcast. Okay. That, yeah. that will be... You will have a hard time saying which one's better, I think. Oh, okay. That, 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 I, I really, of... really like the new movie. It's, okay. And the, it, it helps that the technology is good so that the ghosts look fucking amazing. 
Well, okay, I, I can't say because I saw like on on the TV trailers. You can't really judge what they look like. Sure. They didn't look that good on the TV trailers. Well, like, you, you may have TV, seen it. Er, so you may not, have seen early cuts. Yeah, you may have seen early cuts of the CGI because in the theaters it looked really good. Okay. Now I know we both have seen Suicide Squad and Star Trek Beyond. Yep. Um, which one do you want to do first? Uh, let's do Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. Uh, well, this is where, because I, like, I know, again, people were criticizing it, saying, oh, well, Jay Leto, Joker's hardly in it, and, you know, this is like, well, he's not supposed to be. It's the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad movie. Right. He's, he's there as background, and we don't want to do spoilers, but he's there mostly as background for Harley Quinn, and he does help set up parts of the other story mm-hmm. and a sequel, um, but I like how... Even though you know there's a sequel coming and there's a Batman versus Joker coming up, they didn't do as heavy handed as in Batman versus Superman, where they're like, "There is movies coming down the line. Here we're going to hit you over the head every single cut that they we're doing more movies." And this one, I mean, you you know there's movies coming up, but they didn't. It wasn't you know it's was over the top. Right? Yeah, so it's uh, it's obviously set in the same universe, and they do some tie-ins, but they they really do keep it very separate. From oh, yes. the the main uh, Justice League storyline. Yeah. Well, you never read the Suicide Squad comics, right? I did not. No. Yeah, I did. And uh, Amanda Waller, the 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 person in charge of the Suicide Squad, they nailed her character perfectly. Yep. She's Cut a bastard. Badass. Yeah. Take no hostages. Not like there is no negotiation. This is what has to be done. And this is where it, again. <laughs> Um, it's 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 for America, like you know, like Patriot Act, all that sort of stuff. Like, degree or disagree, that's what her her goal is. I'm here to make sure America stays safe versus any threats. And again, without going into spoilers, I was a little worried, or not worried, but surprised at just how ruthless she was. There's this one scene where. She does oh. something that I would not have expected her to do. Yeah, see, and, and for me, because I read the comics and I knew what she was like, okay. that, that did not surprise me. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she, she was set up like as the, I'm, I will do whatever it takes and make any sort of sacrifices or whatever to get this done. Well, she sure um, does uh, make some sacrifices in that oh, movie. And even though Ben Affleck is only a little bit, a very short amount for uh, Batman, again, he nails the older... Uh, disgruntled, you know, uh, Batman. You know, right. the Dark Knight. I've been at this for too long. I'm not, you know, I'm not disillusioned anymore. You know, I, I'm here to hurt the villains and stop them. I, and I think they, they actually, yes, you, you, you're correct. They use those two characters, the Joker and Batman, just enough to add flavor and world building to it without yeah. ha- having them overpower the movie. Exactly, and I mean, I know, like, I would have preferred to see some more of some of the other characters, like Cap- uh, Killer Croc, would have been nice to see a little bit more of. Yeah, he was pretty, um, he was there, but he was, it was, he's kind of like one of those, one of those uh, role-playing friends that you have in your, uh, in your group, who's there just to soak up damage. They're not going to add much to the party, they're just there as an extra body. But he would have, like, he, at the end, he gets a few scenes, you're like, well, I would have liked to have seen more yeah. of him to build up but again when you have an ensemble cast it's hard to do something you know enough on everybody 
so sacrifice has to be made. Now, again, I'll have to see if the extended version covers more of him. Right. But he's a character I would have liked to see seen more of. Um, Captain Boomerang, or Boomerang, um, see, again, you never read Suicide Squad or Flash, the comics, right? Right. But Captain Boomerang was one of the sillier villains that the Flash had. Right. The guy's costume had boomerangs everywhere, and it was like X's, and it just looked silly. Right. So uh, the fact that in, in the movie... They got right away with the co- the costume, and they were like making them more down to earth and stuff. I liked, like, you know, the, the drunken, obnoxious Ozzy. I had no problem with. He he worked for that. No, he was he was a cool character. Um, in fact, I was actually okay with everyone in the in the movie. The only part I had any problem with was the witch in the second half of the movie. So in the first half of the movie, the witch was amazing with yes. the smoke trailing off of her. And oh, she was just menacing and just incredibly cool. But in the second half, again, without going into spoilers, she's like trying to do like this sexy dancing thing and she yes. doesn't look it at all. Like she really well, he, he, felt awkward. Because I mean, Suicide Squad went through reshoots, right? Right. And it, it does show here uh, because, yeah, you're right. The, the, it, it's it, she doesn't flow well from one scene, like from first half to the second half. Right, know. at all. Um, but you're right. I like all of the characters, and of course, you know, Harlequin like nailed it perfectly. Yeah, she was good. Like, but again, like, and also because Joker, they needed her for ba- they needed him for background with Harlequin, and they did that really well. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I like that in this version, it's almost as if Joker isn't just a un- unfeeling psychopath who's simply using Harley Quinn. It's like he actually does care for her. So yes. it's, it's a little it less weird, messed up. Right, up but but it makes their relationship a little less abusive than it was in the original Harley Joker um, oh, dynamic. Yes, yes. Yeah, it definitely was more. He was just using her and manipulating her for his own ends. Exactly. He he really didn't give a rat's ass about her because in the original like uh, comic book storylines, the Joker is a completely asexual character. He is incapable of any actual feelings towards a human being. He's just a wacko. He doesn't he doesn't have the psychological makeup to enable to actually have a connection with someone. You know, and just uh, uses them. So, so for sorry, his own I was going to say because then the next one is like Rick Flag. Uh, again, he's hard to do because without having the comics, you're not too sure what his character should be. Sure. Uh, so I want to know your opinions of Rick Flag because, like I said, I, again, I've read the comics where I know his his background and what he's supposed to be. Uh, I don't know. It's it seemed a little silly that his one tie-in wasn't like patriotism patriotism or anything he he's the only actual soldier in the the makeup of the group well sorry there are other soldiers too like an actual delta squad i think yeah. but um his his real only a tie into the group is because he happens to be in love with someone I, I i i don't know if that would be enough of a connection to pull him into something like this yeah, no, and that's where I say I think they feel like I want to see the extended version because yeah, in in the series, Rick Flag is definitely a patriot soldier, and that's where he, he's willing to do things for that. Um, I guess they tried to put it more the, the the love story angle to maybe I guess humanize him more. Maybe. Um, and then yeah, then there's always uh, dead dead shot with Will Smith. See, I, I think Deadshot was the most rounded character in the whole thing. Yes. He had the yeah. most extensive background 
and kind of give, gives you an idea of why he's part of the squad and, and why he's doing the things that he does. Yeah, and like I said, again, it would have been nice to see more Killer Croc and that. Mm-hmm. But again, ensemble cast. But in the end, yeah, you can tell the difference where they tried to do some reshoots and then and and stuff, and it, it works okay for most most of it. Um, I still enjoyed it. Like as as a comic book movie, it, it did well. Because mm-hmm. the problem when you have comic books, if anyone has read comic books over time, they come up with some silly plots because they've. It's once a month. You've got to write a whole story to cover up. So sometimes it got a little silly. Yep, and it certainly got silly in this. But I, I liked that it was a bit more lighthearted than the Batman versus Superman. Oh yes, exactly. Franchise. Even like, yeah, Batman's dark and gritty, but overall he was only there just for part of it. The rest mm-hmm. of the movie, much more lighthearted. The the danger play with the characters was well done. No one really liked a lot of other people for personal reasons. You know, like sometimes you go, wait, why is this guy all of a sudden like this other person in movies? Because they're or why all of a sudden they kissing? They didn't have any connection, but because it's the male and female leads, they are supposed to kiss. Right. And and I'm glad they didn't do that. They they you know the characters that would like each other liked each other. The ones that didn't didn't. Deadshot had some connection with Rick Fly because the military and you know professionalism but only up to a certain point you know and then Harley Quinn was just on her own <laughs> you know yep. and then Pyro again he, they did uh, enough of background of him to give him you know what he is about yeah to flesh him out flesh him out um, so yeah and then yeah uh, overall again I, I like this more than Batman v Superman just because it's a better well-rounded story. Well, this was the one movie I was looking forward to most this year, and I have to say it totally worked for me. Yeah, exactly. So I recommend people, yeah, if you're still listening to us, go out, check out the DVD, because there's going to be a lot of deleted scenes. This will probably make it even more enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Star Trek Beyond. Um, I like this one. I liked it better than the first two other reboot series because Definitely. to me this seemed more of a Star Trek story. This was had, had the feel. They also wasn't their own original Star Trek story as opposed to you know Khan and all that sort of stuff. This right. was trying to take its own direction in the Star Trek universe, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a, a really fun movie, and it, it felt like an actual adventure. It didn't feel like um, uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't pure action, so there was actually like some exploration and sci-fi to it as well. But yeah, it had enough action to make it enjoyable to watch. Yeah, and, and everyone came up with good ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an old movie uh, called Tremors, which really works because every single character is not an idiot. Every right. single character contributes to the story and, and has good ideas. Same thing in this one in Star Trek Beyond, from Chekhov, uh, Sulu, all everyone, even the, the, the other characters. They have a reason to continue and, and offer suggestions for making, you know, things happen. And I really like the new character they introduced. I hope she comes back. Yes. Now, I mean, there is, of course, it's it's a sci-fi Star Trek movie, so there, yes, there is issues. Um, Patrick Rams and I were talking about it. The without giving spoilers away, um, Idris Elba's character, Krull. Some of the motivations, when you get to the end, you're going, but it doesn't quite make sense. Because his motivations up until the very last few bits worked. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's just like he had a dislike of the Federation. He did not believe in unity and all sorts of other stuff. 
Um, again, I try, I try not to give spoilers here. We can give a more in-depth one at some other point where we actually do, you know, old versus new or whatever, where we actually get into spoilers. The uh, ending I had issues with because, again, it's the... Wait, that weapon did this at this at this point in time when it was an unimportant character, but now that it's an important character... Right. Um, so for me, the ending is where it fell down a bit. Again, I still enjoyed it overall. I had no problems with it. Uh, I, I like the way that each character is developing. The uh, I know some people like Patrick Ramsey was saying... He's tired of the Captain Kirk not being sure of himself, but I, right. I could understand it because he's never. He, this is now where he's finally realizing his commands affect the lives of hundreds of people. Right. Whereas before he was cocky, self-sure, like he knows I can do stuff because of my actions, but now he's realizing every action he does affects hundreds of people. And that's where he. That's where I had no problem with his his introspection with. You know what was he going to do and everything, so I have no problem with that. Yeah, and it looks like they are slowly starting to grow the characters as well. So it's like it's like they're 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 going through an arc. Yes. They're not just static characters the way they were in the TV show. No, no, exactly. Because now they're getting a chance to uh, it, with the interplay between them all. I, I I love how how well they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 Bones McCoy sorry McCoy Spock and Kirk connection is there, but it's different from the original series, which is fine. But, but, but it, at the same time, it doesn't really feel that different. I mean, it may no, not be identical to the original, but it, they, it still has that same sort of light, airy um, interplay, wordplay, where they actually yes. really like each other but pretend not to like each other. Yeah, exactly. And they all have each other's back and without, you don't have to worry, like, that person will be there for you no matter what. Yeah. You know, they might make sarcastic comments throughout it, but they'll be there. <laughs> Um, no, and, and again, uh, like I said, to me, this is the the best of the reboots because it was back to the true Star Trek, you know, character development, character storyline with action thrown in. Uh, you know, I'd go so far as to say this is probably my favorite Star Trek movie since uh, number six on Discovery Country. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, you're, you're probably right because uh, it's, well, there's, you know, Khan, Undiscovered Country. No, 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 I'm, I'm talking... I, 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 want, I want to throw away all of the Next Generation movies. All of them. They, Sorry, they, they, there was Next Generation movies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Because they were all silly. They, they, they went and... Because the Star Trek Next Generation ones, they made Picard too much like Kirk. Yeah, he was a little too swashbuckling. When yeah, that, that had, wasn't his character in this show at all. No, they spent multiple years building him up as more the diplomat, the thinker, right. the, um, you know, the steady helm. You know, uh, Riker was more the Kirk model. Yes. So then all of a sudden you get to the movies, and it's like, wait, that's not the character we watched for seven years. Um, I will say the the one movie that they did from the Next Generation that I really did enjoy was probably First Contact, which is the second one. Um, yeah. Where that that one involves the Borg, and they go back in time and talk to uh, Zephyr Cockrum. And but again, I have issues with it. Like the the, the cool things about it were, were all stuff that happened on the ship, with Picard dealing with the loss of his uh, nephew and the loss of his um, his like the continuation of his bloodline. So he's actually going through some emotional turmoil, and they did that very well because he's a established oh, no, actor. Yeah, that part did as well. The rest of the the stuff well, on the <laughs> yeah, the stuff on the surface of the planet that mostly could have just been thrown away was unnecessary. And uh, 
so then I was going to talk about Jurassic World. Okay. A movie I haven't seen, so this is all you. You still haven't seen? Okay. So it's all me. Well, um, I mean, which, they do play homage to the first Jurassic World, or Jurassic Park, which was nice. But, they, like I said, they had too much, that there's two children in there that was pretty much, it was their story, but mm-hmm. their parents are going through divorce. It was Like I said, it was like Kramer versus Kramer. Mm-hmm. The, which took away from the dinosaur movies. And it was also very choppy for transitions. Uh, it, remember, okay, in, in the, one of the prequels for Star Wars, you had this battle scene, and all of a sudden you cut to C-3PO's head being kicked around. Right. It was jarring because it didn't fit the scene you just saw. Right. In Jurassic World, same thing. You see the dinosaur doing a bunch of stuff, you know, people being killed, eaten, and then you cut to the scene of the two kids with Jimmy Fallon doing a little skit. It, no, it, it's jarring. It throws you off the, the pacing of the movie, and they did this quite a lot. Uh, I'm not going to talk like uh, people have talked about you know running away from a T-Rex in high heels and stuff like that. That that's actually minor compared to some of the other problems they had with it. The dinosaurs did look cool. There was a lot with the the original scientist Henry Wu in this one again. Uh, going through like no no you guys don't want dinosaurs you want exhibitions you want shows you don't want dinosaurs this is what you want you wanted us to give it to you we gave it to you don't come bitching to us when it starts eating people (laughs) which of course it will which of course it will Uh, I don't know why it did so well in the theater because like I said pretty much almost half of it or well over a third deals with the story of these two kids going through separation or possible divorce anxiety well, it probably did so well because of the nostalgia factor with parents. That's probably what it was more than anything else, yes. And, of course, again, they had the emo teenager who just, you know, hits on every single girl he sees and everything. So, um, Chris Pratt, though, did okay because, you know, he, he's, he's pretty decent. Oh, he's a funny guy. I'm looking forward to him in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, so. Uh, it's funny. They actually had Guardians of the Galaxy playing at the Kessel Run while we were playing our games. Oh, really? Yep, just an interesting little tie-in. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, so, yeah, you know, as like I said, I saw... We've all seen Stranger Things. Yeah. I've only... Sorry, I haven't seen the whole series. I'm, um, but, wow, it's it's dark, surreal, and it, it sort of reminds me a bit of David Lynch's Twin Peaks with X-Files and, and stuff in there. Yeah, it's really good. And it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Like, I was thinking, people had mentioned that it's kind of like E.T. mixed with uh, Twin Peaks, like you were saying. Yeah. And it's it's the, it's exactly the movie that I wanted 8mm to be. No, no, yes, yeah. And uh, so I was talking to a friend, and we're both, because child actors are hit or miss. I mean, sure. it, it's hard to get child actors to do a lot of stuff, because they don't have the understanding and all that to, you know, pull off some scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed with all the child actors in Stranger Things. Yeah, they do a really good job, those kids. You know, they, they do they do it really well, and they're very believable. Like, and that's the other thing, too. It's well-written. Like, there are some scenes, like Jurassic World, you're going, no, kids are going to say this. No, kids are going to act this way. Like, that's an adult saying, oh, that's what kids are going to do. No. In Stranger Things, they're acting like kids. They they, they have temper tantrums. They, they go crazy, but then they're back together because their emotions are high-strung. So I really liked it. So I, uh, yeah, I can't wait to season two to come out. Yeah, but I don't know. There's, there's so many shows coming out. That I'm not gonna be able to watch them all. 
Is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh, Fury. Well, it's not really our sci-fi thing, but right. it's a book. Because I remember one of the World War II movies you really liked was When Trumpets Fade. I do, yeah. You would like Fury. Oh, I've seen Fury and I loved it. Yeah, it's it's dark, gritty, uh, you know, shows, still shows a camaraderie and everything. But then there's, there's scenes where it's like super awkward just because that's what would happen, you know. And again, Shia LaBeouf, I know he got dissed because he he didn't bathe or anything for most of the movie on purpose. Yeah, because that that's he's he's a very method actor, and he is, he is. he's kind of like um oh what's his name? Dustin Hoffman and no no uh, no Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, who apparently yeah. gets crazy for his uh, for his roles. Yeah, a few people do the same thing that they don't they they go into it too much, but hey. I saw his. I saw it, and he, I'm going. You know what? He did really well in that. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf was uh, good in that movie. They, they know, all were actually. They all did a really good job. Yep. Oh no, I I, had, I enjoyed it from start to finish. And like I said, it's gritty and bloody, and it definitely shows the unpleasantness of war. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but there's a line I'm not giving too many spoilers here, but there's a line from Brad Pitt is like, a lot of more people are going to die before this is over. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's. Oh, yeah, that's it. You know, we don't like it. We don't want to do it. But if you want it to end, people are going to die. Yep. And, uh, so. All right, Dev. Uh, I don't know if we should because I'm not too sure how much more we have. Because unfortunately, with both of us doing a lot of moving and getting stuff around, we haven't done as much uh, for the other stuff. But we do have a, a lot of stuff coming up, hopefully in the fall, that we're going to be super busy and having a lot more podcasts. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I, I should be releasing another episode of The Force and Always with you, probably maybe even before this one comes out, because I, all I have to do is finish editing it and put it out. So, so are they up, up to level where Piotr can join them now? No, no, they're nowhere near. They've they've only gotten through uh, three adventures so far, so um, they're they're still quite far behind where you guys ended up. Yeah, that's one thing I was gonna say because even in uh, the well, the, the original D six one and uh, the new uh, fantasy flight games, Jedi's take a while to become anything useful. Oh, absolutely. But once you start passing that point, then it's just sort of oh. Yeah, okay, so the storyline's pretty much the Jedi now. So I understand for, for you as a game master, it's it's hard to keep the balance because you want the Jedi to improve, but you want him to get to the point where he's doing everything. Yeah, um, unfortunately with the old version, the, the D6 West End Games version, um, yeah, Jedi do get severely overpowered. But in the new Fantasy Flight game, it's a bit more balanced. So when you start off playing a Force user, even though you may take... Uh, traditional Jedi roles, because of the timeline in which the game is uh, is run, there are no Jedi. So anyone who has any sort of Force-sensitive ability is basically either self-taught or they've you know they have some teachings that they found somewhere, maybe a holocron. But there, there's no actual uh, academy or anything. So everyone starts off at a very very low power level. So they're very much still equivalent to anyone from the other two. Uh, branches, uh, edge, of, edge of the Empire, or um, oh, that's good. Uh, what's the one? The the one that deals with the uh, in, in the Empire and the Rebels. Uh, and even as you start progressing, you get to the level where you now can do some of the feats you've seen in the Clone Wars or the prequels, because there there isn't a lot of Force ability used in the original trilogy. 
when you get to that level, the people that you're playing with, their XP is at a, at a level that keeps them somewhat equivalent. So again, they're not overpowering the, uh, the rest of the party. Which is good, because that was the problem with the, the D6 one. Once my character that you were running got to a certain point, it was, you're like, well, how do I stop this one guy exactly. and not kill the rest of the party? Exactly. Yeah, by, by trying to stop you with an overwhelming force, uh, everyone else just basically drops with a single shot. Yes. So I'm glad that they, in Fantasy Flights, they, 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 they evened it out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's a little bit more balanced. Well, I do like the, the, the trees. Is it called the trees? Or the... The, 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 skill, know, the skill trees? Skill sets? Yeah. Yeah, I like that because the Jedis have it as well, where it's like, okay, what's the path you're going down? And these are the, you know, skill sets and abilities you'll have down this way. Anything costing experience. And, and, and I also like that each branch of force use, say, um, also is used exactly like any other uh, skill tree. So if you want to learn how to use uh, this force power, that's taking away from the XP that you would have put into abilities or in being able to um, increase your, your skills. So it, it basically, you, you have to make the choice, do I want to concentrate on how to use the force? Do I want to concentrate on how to use my abilities? So you have to determine where to spend your XP wisely. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, well, I think that's pretty much it uh, for me. Okay. We can, we can call it a day. I mean, it's only been about 45 minutes, but that should be fine. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, like I said, because unfortunately we haven't done too, too much, and we don't have other people here with us to keep you know, going. Right, it's just you and me talking about our the movies that we liked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, hopefully everyone keep an eye. We're planning, we have a lot of plans in the go for uh, out of the podcast uh, in the fall and winter, so that'll be fun. All right, so thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>